Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are locked on Jets. Your daily podcast on the New York Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locked on Jets on this Tuesday, April 18th in the year 2017. Nice to have you with us. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. If you enjoy this show, please consider subscribing on either iTunes or Audio Boom, whichever of the two you prefer. We will make life very easy for you. We'll deliver the show to your device each day so, so you can take us with you on the go. And if you really enjoy this show, give it a good rating. It helps us out. We certainly appreciate it. Today is tax day, so make sure you get your uh, payments submitted. If you live in the United States, I know we have many listeners abroad in the United States today. Your uh, payments for your federal income taxes are due, and uh, so is the, it's also the filing deadline, so make sure you get that done. Nice public service announcement on a football blog. Um, we're also reaching crunch time when it comes to the NFL draft, so a little, a little later we'll talk about some of the needs the Jets have entering the NFL draft. But uh, there was a little bit of news on Monday, not, not a ton of major news, but the Jets made a, a minor. Just it was a, it was minor news. The Jets made a small ticket uh, move. They re-signed Julian Stanford, who was a linebacker who they let go just a few days back. And there was some story in the news about how it happened on his wedding day. They let him go, and what we found out was apparently it was some sort of procedural move related to Stanford's status on injured reserve. And I, I got to be honest with you, I know a lot about the nuances of stuff like this and i don't even know what what the heck this was about it was so uh, the nfl has some very complex rules uh, and like i like i said like i usually could tell you why a move was made this one was this one's a little beyond me but maybe i don't know if stanford's going to be on injured reserve or not but um i don't think that this move really makes a big difference. I don't think the Jets letting Stanford go really made a big difference. This is a guy who is more of a depth piece than anything. He got some snaps early in the year. Uh, You saw him play week two against the Bills, and the Jets had him in a specific role. They used him in that game a handful. They didn't use him a lot. He only had a handful of snaps, but he was used to kind of spy Tyrod Taylor. And it's a very specialized job, so I think the Jets just gave it to a guy who was a backup player so that they could work with him on that and that only in practice rather than put more onto a starter's plate where, in addition to the regular game plan, you have this role. Um, He also got some playing time in the middle of the year when the Jets' depth inside linebacker was tested. Now, he he had a good training training camp, good preseason last year, and legitimately earned a spot on the roster. But he's also going to be 27 by the time the year starts, so we're not talking about a huge high upside player. He's a depth piece, and I think in an ideal world what happens is some young guy comes in and outperforms him and takes his roster spot, and you know that's, that's what you hope happens. 
If it doesn't happen, he's not a horrible guy to have around his depth. But you, you, you hope a younger guy with more upside who can play just as well. So we'll, we'll see what happens on that front. Yesterday was also the first day of the Jets offseason program, which the offseason program for veterans is, is voluntary, aside from one veteran uh, minicamp that comes later on. It's at the very end, it's really the last thing you see the team do in the offseason before training camp begins. And there were plenty of veterans who were around if you follow the Jets on social media, if you follow some of their social channels. And I guess the Jets have made some sort of stir because they released statements from players rather than the media talking to them directly. And our old buddy Dom Constantino, who did a great job on the Jets beat and now is back with Deadspin, came from came to the Jets beat from Deadspin a few years back. Now he's back with Deadspin. Uh, had a kind of pretty funny article on it. And then there was another article from Pro Football Talk, which was, I don't even know, it was very odd. It was kind of critical of the Jets for not letting the players talk and releasing these statements as though there's really a big difference between getting a bland statement on paper and just hearing the player say the bland statements. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of silly. A um, number of players of note at the off-season program. One is Eric Decker, who, is, of course, is rehabbing a couple of injuries. But there's Muhammad Wilkerson, and I, I don't think you can you want to read too much into who's attending the off-season program because Todd Bowles is the first one to tell you. He's said this both years. He's been with the Jets that attendance of the off-season program is voluntary, and what it comes down to is these guys are professional athletes. They know how to train on their own. They don't need to be at the team facility with somebody watching them to get ready for the season. And what Bowles has said is, look, someone's not here. It's voluntary. It's not a big deal. We don't have a problem. We only have a problem if you're not here, and then you come in when you have to be here and you're not in shape and you haven't done what you need to do. That's when we have the problem. So don't read, you know, it's tough to read. You don't want to read too much into it, but that said, Wilkerson coming off a bad year, there's something you kind of like about the fact that he's uh, showing up on day one. You like that. You, You like to see that. And it's just the optics of it look good. And I know optics sometimes are kind of off. Sometimes you can't really read into it, but it's, it's, it's a good look on Wilkerson after a bad year to be showing up for work ready on day one to work hard on, you work hard on his game and make this day one of his bounce back year. So that's a, you know, that's something you'll, you'll like to see again. You don't want to read too much into it, but it's something you like to see. He had, now he actually missed most of the off season program. He skipped the voluntary stuff two years ago. And then last year, he did not sign his franchise tender. He was looking for a new contract, so part of it, it was kind of a leverage play on his part to not show up for the off-season program. And, you know, two years ago, he had a great year. Last year, he did not have a great year. So, you know, it's tough to say how much it really impacts things. So, But, uh, so, but for, the, for the first time since, uh, for the first time in at least three years, Wilkerson is at the off-season voluntary part. So you, you like seeing that. Now, I'd like to talk a little bit about draft needs for the Jets. And uh, there are three needs in particular that really jump off the page to me. The, f- the first one is the need, and we're talking about this because I don't think need is the only determinant. Some people will tell you that the need, that need is the only thing that should t- determine your draft. And that's kind of silly. And these people will say, draft the best player available at a position of need. 
Only nobody can ever point to a successful NFL franchise that actually operates this way, because none of them do. None of them draft solely based on need. But need does come into play. You know, if even if you're a team that leans more toward taking the best available guy, if you've got two players rated equally or two players rated right next to each other, and one is at a position of big need, and the other is at a position where you're pretty much set. You're going to take the guy at the position of need. So need factors into it for every team, I think. Almost every team. Maybe there's one or two, but it doesn't. But need matters. And the first need, I think, is an obvious one. It's the quarterback position. And that's not a knock on the guys the Jets have. Well, maybe it's a little bit of a knock on Josh McCown. It's not really a knock on Hackenberg or Petty. I just think that in the NFL, you can never have too much at the quarterback position. The Jets don't have anything, but even if you were very confident in these guys, quarterback's always something you want to look at addressing. I also think that many fans and many teams approach the quarterback position the wrong way. They view it as, until my guy proves that he's not good enough, we're going to stick with him. We're not going to do anything to rattle him. And that's always struck me as kind of counterproductive because it's so difficult to evaluate the quarterback position. Even when a guy's in the league, you don't really know how a guy's going to grow. So you want to give yourself as many chances as you can because the position's so difficult to evaluate at. And even after you have your guy, you want to think about the future. You want to add depth. Um, And even though teams say that they, they want to commit to a guy... And you know they don't want to upset him. It, it doesn't really make a lot of sense because what you're saying is that you think that this guy, you're confident in, in this guy enough that you think he can be your franchise quarterback with all the adversity that comes with it, but that he can't hand, but yet he cannot handle the fact that there will be another quarterback in camp. And it's always struck me as kind of counterproductive. And there are so many examples of. There's no example of a team that was smart by passing on quarterback depth. If it's a, you know, I'm not saying you draft a quarterback in the first round every year, but if there's a chance where it makes sense for your team in the draft, you know, if the 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 value and the draft slot makes sense, you, you do it. And look at New England. New England won two games last year with its backup quarterback starting, fairly early pick. They won a game with its third-string quarterback starting, fairly early pick, and they had Tom Brady. So if the team with Tom Brady can draft a quarterback, any team can. And with the Jets, you don't really, you're don't you not really sure what you have, and that's I think that's the most optimistic assessment you can have. You don't know what you have in Petty, and you don't know what you have in Hackenberg. And again, that's, that's the optimistic assessment, because Petty did not look good last year, and Hackenberg, I mean, he couldn't get on the field in the meaningless game, so that... It's kind of a window into the Jets thinking on him, at least as it pertains to last year. We'll see what happens with this offseason program. So quarterback's clearly the biggest need. You need a good quarterback in this league. You can't compete without a good quarterback in this league on a consistent basis. You you might run into a year where you get a hot defense, your special teams plays well, you maybe have a good running game. Uh, maybe a few bounces of the ball go your way. You can do that for a year, maybe two years, but to compete over a five, ten-year window, you're going to need a quarterback. And right now, I don't think the Jets have a proven quarterback, and that's not exactly a bold statement. So quarterback's your number one need. But that's the only position I'm going to mention. I'm going to mention three things I think the Jets need. 
the other two, are, I'm going to go in, in a different direction because I think needs aren't just about positions. I think people get too fixated on positions. The Jets have other needs. and the Jets, I mean, honestly, if you were talking about positions, what is not a need for the Jets? I think defensive line is about it. the only position where you would say Jets really don't need a good high-end young player there. Now, there are positions that are less dire than others. You know, running back, you've got some decent players. Wide receiver, you've got some okay players, and you have a few young guys maybe you like, but there's no position where you'd really say a high-end young player, outside the defensive line, that's really the only spot where you'd say a high-end young player does not really improve this position. So the second need is, and I think this might be the second biggest need the Jets have behind quarterback, and it's just high-end young talent. Uh, The Jets just don't have much. They have Leonard Williams, and aside from that, they just have a bunch of young players who may or may not be good, and we don't know yet. And that's, you know, it begins with Darren Lee, other guys, Hackenberg, even Robbie Anderson is a guy you don't really know what he is. Is he a number three receiver? Well, that's a pretty good value for an undrafted draft, undrafted player, undrafted free agent. So that's not an that's not a knock on Anderson at all. And if his current production, he he might be more of a his production for as a rookie 2016, he might be more of a complementary player. He might be more of a role player, and that's. There's nothing wrong with that. He could improve. Maybe he improves and becomes a reliable second option in your passing game. Maybe he improves enough to be a a first option in your passing game. But if he's just, you know, a 40, 50 catch guy, that's that's plenty of value for a guy who's an undrafted rookie because he's not making much money the next couple of years. So that's something to think about with Anderson. But the Jets just don't have enough high-end young talent, and that's one of the reasons, as much as I do think they should be in the market for to trade down, I'm not sure the first round is the right spot for that. Because at six, you have a chance to draft a player who's both high ceiling and high floor in all likelihood. I'm thinking of Jamal Adams, Leonard Fournette, Miles Garrett might be off the board, but... This is not a pick the Jets can really afford to miss. Not that any team can ever afford to miss on a first rounder. The picks are very important, but you're going to miss the chance to get a, a guy who is a high-end player, who's likely to be very likely to be a high-end player at six, and you'll be taking more of a gamble. It's probably a lower ceiling, lower floor guy, and so I, I do think the Jets should look to trade down, but. I do, th- but I also think day two, second, third round might be the sweet spot because at six you've got a great shot to really up the talent base of your team. Round two, round three, you get to that situation where teams are saying teams are looking at their board and they're saying, "Well, we only have one first round pick. One, this, this is the only, there's only one guy we have graded as a first rounder left. We should go trade up for him." So there's always op- I think there are you know there are always opportunities to trade up in the, that spot of the draft. Tra- I'm sorry trade up and trade down. So I think the Jets need to stockpile more picks, stockpile more picks. They do need to do that. But I think that and I I all understand it. Depending on the trade they pull, look, there might just be a, a trade that's too good to pass up in the first round. If somebody's offering a few two first rounders for the Jets first round pick, then I mean that's a trade you got to take. But I I'd be more hesitant to trade down from 6 unless I got a great offer than I would be to trade down later on in the draft. So, but the, And that's because it, that's because of that second need. The Jets just need to add more high-end young talent, and 
Jets need to pick us. You know, if the Jets can pick a safe player, and get, there's no such thing as a can't miss, but there are certain players that are easier to project than others. And you can say, you know, if this guy stays healthy and he stays out of trouble, it's tough to see how he, how he's not a high caliber player at his position, a top end player at his position, an impact player. So that's need number two. And I'm thinking, you know, Jamal Adams, Leonard Fournette are guys who fit that bill where everything's, unless something goes terribly wrong for these guys, these are guys are probably going to be stars at their position. Now, the, the third thing I think the Jets need is an identity on offense. And part of this goes with the new offensive coordinator. We're still not exactly sure what he wants to do, but there have been some indications that the Jets are going to lean on the power run game. And that makes sense because the Jets certainly have question marks at quarterbacks as we discussed earlier so leaning on the run game is one way to take some of the stress off the quarterback position and if you run the ball effectively the quarterback has to do less his job's easier and he's more likely to succeed so if the Jets are going to go to that power run game then you probably look at them taking a back maybe this isn't say saying that they need a back and not that they're bad in the backfield right now but if you're going to lean on the run, if you're going to be a running team, you need a top-end back. You either need a top-end offensive line like the Jets had back in the early Rex days, 2008, 2009, where, I mean, I could have probably gotten a 1,000 yards behind that offensive line. I guess so 2008 was the late Mangini. 2008, 2009, 2010. 08 was the last year of Mangini, but that offensive line was great that year. And one of the reasons I think Mangini got fired is that the Jets did not run the ball enough when Brett Favre went down because they rode that same formula to the AFC Championship game the next two years, riding that offensive line, committing to the run. So if the Jets are going to do that, I think you're looking at it should impact your draft strategy, and I think there are indications the Jets are heading in that way. John Morton, of course, has Jim Harbaugh ties. You know, big. They, they ran a very dynamic run game in San Francisco, which Morton was Morton apparently had a lot to do with that offense. Depending on who you read, um, the Jets have obviously been looking at bringing in fullback. So, if the Jets are have a, if this is the identity the Jets want to have on offense, then you either need a great offensive line or a great back. And Jets don't have a great offensive line. The Jets have an offensive line with a lot of question marks. That you know, if everything breaks right, could be good, but that's a lot to ask. So. Do you, does that mean maybe you draft a Fournette and he's a, he's a guy you could hand the ball to I don't know how many times a game and you base your offense off him? I don't know. Is there a receiver receiving prospect do you think you can build your passing game around? I don't know in this draft. Maybe, and honestly, the, the irony is the guy who might be the most likely to do that would be O.J. Howard, and I'm not sure I love him at six. So, and look, this may not, it may just end up that Fournette's off the board. There's nobody the Jets can turn to, or maybe maybe you have to wait a round or two, second, third round to go get a back. But the Jets need an identity on offense, and that's probably going to translate to a back because again, I, and I'm not saying I'm not knocking what the Jets have in the backfield, but the question is, can Bilal Powell? It's one thing to be able to succeed in limited carries; it's another thing to be able to carry the load. Can Bilal Powell do that? I don't know. Do the Jets think he can? I don't know. But this is a very good draft when it comes to running back prospects so maybe that's where you uh are looking that'll do it for our show today this has been the locked on jets podcast i am john b from gangrenenation.com please subscribe to the show it is available on both itunes and audio boom and give it good ratings if you would until next time i hope you have a wonderful day and we will chat again wednesday
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.